WBUR Podcasts, Boston. Hi, Rebecca Shear here. As you may have heard, the Circle Round team is gearing up for a bunch of live recordings across the United States, starting this weekend in San Francisco, California. While we pack up our microphones and musical instruments, we're bringing you a special encore edition of Circle Round, an episode that has become a true listener favorite. We'll be back next week with our first live story from San Francisco. And remember, to get early access to tickets for all Circle Round events, become a member of the Circle Round Club. Find more information about this super fun, super fan opportunity at WBUR.org slash Circle Round Club. Do you remember the last time you found yourself in a tricky situation? In a bind? In a jam? In a real pickle? In today's story, when a young woman winds up in a tight spot, she realizes it's actually her moment to shine. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, where story time happens all the time. Today, our story is called The Basilisk's Stare. Versions of this folktale come from Poland, a country in Central Europe. And what is a basilisk, you may ask? We'll find out soon. Some really great people came together to bring you our adaptation of this tale, including Nabia B. and Evan Witten. Grown-ups, you may know Nabia B. from Black Panther, and Evan Witten from such TV shows as Mr. Robot on the USA Network and The Resident on Fox. So circle around, everyone, for the Basilisk's Stare. Once upon a time, there was an armorer named Martin. Martin spent his days working with metal, using it to create glistening swords, sparkling shields, and full suits of, yes, glittering armor. And everyone agreed that of all the armorers in the city, Martin was the greatest. Oh, you should see the sword Martin made for me last week. It shimmers like moonlight on the water. Well, you should see the shield he made for me. It glistens like the stars. I don't doubt it. The suit of armor he made for me is so shiny, so bright, it reflects like a mirror. Martin lived with his children, Natalia and Conrad, in a tidy house at the edge of town. Martin's shop was in the basement, and Natalia and Conrad loved traipsing down the steps to watch their father work. First, he would tie on his thick leather apron. Then he would heat up his metal until it glowed a fiery yellowish-orange and grew soft and bendable. After that, he would use a heavy iron hammer to forge the metal into all different shapes. Then he would let the metal cool, and he'd polish it, rubbing and scrubbing until, indeed, it reflected like a mirror. One summer morning, Martin told Natalia and Conrad that he would be gone for the day on business. Listen, you two. I need to deliver a full suit of armor to a customer who lives far off in the countryside. He turned to Natalia. Natalia, you're the oldest, so I want you to look after your little brother while I'm gone. Of course, father. I'd be happy to. Conrad rolled his eyes. Oh, come on, father. I don't need my older sister to babysit me. I'm a big kid now. I know you're a big kid, Conrad, and getting bigger every day. 
But for now, you'll do as your sister says. Okie dokie. I have a long trip ahead of me and need to skedaddle. Have fun today, my dears. Martin kissed his children goodbye and headed out the door. As he disappeared down the street, Natalia turned to Conrad with twinkling eyes. I have an idea, little brother. The circus is in town. They're performing in the market square, right in the middle of the city. Would you like to see it? Conrad's face broke into a grin. You bet I'd like to see the circus. Let's go. When Natalia and Conrad reached the market square, they were greeted by all sorts of enchanting sights. Agile walkers tiptoeing on towering tightropes, graceful acrobats swinging from flying trapezes, plus nimble-fingered jugglers, funny-faced clowns, and lion-hearted riders standing brave and tall on the backs of gleaming, galloping horses. During a break in the show, Natalia and Conrad wandered around the square and saw vendors selling all sorts of goodies, toys, books, candies. But then... Hey, Natalia! Something else caught Conrad's eye. Look over there. Look! Conrad pointed toward a jagged heap of stones in a shadowy, narrow alley off the square. There's the old stone building, the one where they say the basilisk lives. Natalia felt her blood run cold. Everyone in town knew the legend of the basilisk. It was said that the basilisk had the body of a dragon, the head of a rooster, and the tail of a serpent. Down in the dank, dark cellar of the old stone building, the basilisk stood guard over a magnificent treasure. And if you stared into the basilisk's glowing red eyes, you would immediately turn to stone. So, sister... Conrad's mouth lifted into a mischievous smile. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Natalia's eyes grew wide. Wait a minute, brother. You're not thinking of actually going in there, are you? What about the basilisk? Oh, basilisk masilisk. Don't be such a fraidy cat, sis. Like Dad said, I'm a big kid now, and I'm going to prove it. Then Conrad spun on his heel and took off toward the rubble of rocks. Conrad! Wait! But Natalia's little brother did not wait. Instead, he bolted straight to the old stone building and disappeared through the dilapidated doorway. Without missing a beat, Natalia sped over to the shadowy alley. When she reached the old stone building and crept through the doorway, she found herself at the top of a steep, narrow set of uneven stairs. Conrad! Conrad! When no answer came, she clenched her fists, then began descending the crumbling steps. Down, down, down she went, the air growing chillier and the stones growing damper. The one shaft of sunlight that filtered from above grew weaker and weaker the farther Natalia descended. Eventually, she found herself in a drafty stone cellar. A burning candle hanging on a wall sconce in the corner provided a bit of light, but Natalia saw no signs of Conrad. Conrad! Conrad? Where are you? I'm in here. Conrad's voice seemed to be coming from the other side of the wall. Feel around for the wooden door, Natalia. It leads to another room. And it is so cool. There's this massive iron chest, and it's filled with all sorts of treasure. 
Diamonds, emeralds, rubies, sapphires, amethysts. There's even a huge pile of gold coins that... All of a sudden, Conrad fell silent. And as shivers quivered down Natalia's spine, she knew exactly why. That eerie, sinister crowing could only mean one thing. The basilisk. It's real. It must have snuck up on Conrad and turned him into stone. Natalia knew it was just a matter of time before the basilisk found her, too. But not if she could help it. Her heart and mind raced as fast as her feet as she bounded up the stone steps two at a time. When she emerged into daylight, the sun shone warm on her skin, but her palms felt cold and clammy, and all of her hairs were standing on end. I can't believe this. Conrad must have stared into the glowing red eyes of the basilisk. And now my brother is a statue. There must be some way I can turn him back into a living, breathing boy. The question is, what? Will Natalia figure out how to save her brother? What would you do if you were Natalia? We'll find out what happens next after a quick break. Welcome back to Circle Round. I'm Rebecca Shear. Today our story is called The Basilisk's Stare. When we left off, Natalia's younger brother, Conrad, turned into stone after looking into the glowing red eyes of the basilisk, a legendary creature with a dragon's body, a rooster's head, and a serpent's tail. Fearing the basilisk would turn her into stone too, Natalia darted back to the house she and Conrad shared with their father, an armorer named Martin. Martin was famous for crafting swords, shields, and suits of armor that were so bright and shiny they reflected like a mirror. Martin was out on business for the day, so the house was empty when Natalia got home. She collapsed on a chair in the kitchen. Oh, what do I do? How can I save Conrad? She bit her lip as she drummed her fingers on the table. All my life I've heard stories about some person or other encountering the basilisk and turning into stone. But not once have I heard a story about stone turning back into a person. I mean, all anyone talks about is how you stare into the basilisk's eyes and then, boom, your statue. Just one look at those fierce, glowing red eyes and your... Wait a minute. Natalia's gaze fell on the stairs that led to the basement where Martin built his workshop. Without missing a beat, she hurried down the steps and ran to the middle of the room. And just like that, she found herself surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of Natalia's. Yes! Well, hundreds and hundreds of reflected Natalia's anyway. Because scattered and stacked all around the workshop were glistening swords, sparkling shields, and full suits of glittering armor, each and every one of them as clear and reflective as a mirror. I know just how I'll save Conrad. Natalia picked up a glistening round shield with a wooden handle. 
When she held the shield in front of her, it was so big it covered her body from her head to her waist. Clutching the shield tightly, Natalia hurried out of the house and back to the old stone building where the basilisk kept its lair. At the bottom of the crumbling steps, Natalia found the dank, dark cellar just as it was before. One glowing candle in the corner, a big wooden door on the wall. Holding her shield in front of her, she called out in the darkness, Basilisk! Oh, Basilisk! I've come to steal your treasure! Then she dove beneath the stairs and waited. A bead of sweat dribbled down her back. The big round shield shook as she gripped it in her trembling hand, but Natalia didn't move a muscle. Before long, she heard footsteps through the wall. Scuttling, skittering footsteps that grew louder and louder and louder until, at last, the wooden door swung open and the basilisk came bursting into the room. Confused to find no one there, the menacing creature began stomping around, looking for the intruder trying to steal its treasure. Natalia knew what she must do. She took a deep breath, gripped her shield in front of her face, then leaped out from under the stairs. That was the last sound Natalia heard from the basilisk. Because when Natalia put down her shield, she saw that the frightful fiend had turned to stone. Just as Natalia was breathing a big sigh of relief, who should come rushing into the room? Natalia! Natalia! But Conrad, Natalia put down her shield and wrapped her little brother in a hug. Suddenly, a woman came running in. You saved us. Then a man. You brought us back to life. Then a whole bunch of people. We're no longer made of stone. We're alive again. Alive. How will we ever thank you? And how did you do it? Yes. How? Quickly, it dawned on Natalia that all of these people were other victims of the basilisk's savage stare. She flashed them a smile, then lifted up her father's shield. Well, friends, my father is an armor. And everything he makes, like the shield here, is so shiny and bright, it reflects like a mirror. Everybody says so. And now... She pointed to the stone with the dragon's body, rooster's head, and serpent's tail. The basilisk would say it too. <laughs> if he could talk, that is. But now that he's seen his own reflection and looked into his own glowing red eyes... I'm pretty sure we've heard the last from him. And as everyone reflected on what this bright young woman had so brilliantly done, they knew she was right. Now it's your turn. Think about a time you found yourself in a tricky situation and you needed to find a solution. Maybe you were baking muffins, but you discovered you were missing an ingredient. Perhaps you were building a super tall tower out of blocks or Legos and it kept falling down. Whatever your problem was, do you remember how you tried to solve it and what you learned from it? Find someone you like to have fun with, a family member, a friend, and tell them what happened. 
then ask them to tell you about a problem they encountered and what they took away from the experience. This week's story, The Basilisk Stare, was adapted by me, Rebecca Shear. It was edited by Catherine Brewer. Our original music and sound design is by Eric Shimalonis. Circle Round's artist is Sabina Hahn. Sabina has drawn a black and white picture for all 100-plus Circle Round stories, and you can print them out and color them in. Ask a grown-up to visit our website, wbur.org slash circle round, and click on Soundtrack and Coloring Pages. Special thanks to this week's actors, L. Borders, Theodore Chin, Kevin Corbett, Thais Harris, Precious Holloway, Edward Hong, Nick Shali, Evan Witten, and Nabia B. Grown-ups, watch for Evan Witten in the upcoming feature films Words on Bathroom Walls, Dino Dina, and Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. And watch for Nabia B. in the upcoming Amazon video series Daisy Jones and the Six. Our featured instrument this week was the diatonic accordion. You can learn more about this reed instrument and see a photo of Eric Shimalonis playing it on our website. Again, that's wbur.org slash circle round. Have you subscribed to Circle Round yet? You grown-ups can find us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. And please leave us some stars, write us a review, or just tell your friends about the show. Circle Round is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. I'm Rebecca Shear. Thanks for circling around with us. Now that you've made it to the end of this Circle Round episode, we want to know, what's your favorite Circle Round story? Thousands of fans just like you have been telling us about the Circle Round stories they like best. Take a listen. Maybe one of their favorites is one of yours, too. Hello, my name is Rose and I live in Oxfordshire, UK and my favourite circle round story is A Biscuit, A Basket and I like the part where she uses the mosquito basket to scare the innkeeper. Thank you for making circle round, Rebecca Shear. Hi, my name is Lily and I I live in Richmond, Virginia. My favorite circle round story is The Princess and the Egg because I like when Princess Pearl goes to court and proves the innkeeper wrong. I also like the artwork by Savina Hahn. My name is Arjun and I'm from Boca Raton, Florida. My favorite story is The Upside Down Three. My favorite part is when the hyena says, Is this a party? My name is Krishna. I'm from Boca Raton, Florida, and my favorite story is the upside down tree. And my favorite part is when they start planting. My name is Kala from Queens, NYC, and my favorite story is the star fruit tree. I like the part where the younger sister brings out the bag to the bird. Hi, my name is Matias. I'm from Queen, New York, and my favorite circle round story is a double of the job. My favorite part is when the devil summons his minions. My name is Addy, and I'm from Watertown, Massachusetts, and my favorite circle round story is the upside down tree because I like the part when hyena turns the tree upside down and she lets her anger out. Hi, my name is Zadie. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and my favorite circle round story is Lookalike Falls. I like the part when the king comes back from being a stone. 
Did someone mention a story you've missed? Not to worry. Grown-ups, you can find all of our Circle Round stories, plus links to the Circle Round Club, picture books, coloring pages, and oh so much more on our website, wbur.org slash circle round.